0: The culture today thinks so wrongly about Jesus Christ. The culture has diminished the the power of the cross, the purpose of the cross, and it has certainly discredited Jesus Christ as God. He's a nice guy, historical figure, great teacher, good example of how we should treat one another. But that's it. And that's the end of the story for, for most people. You see, this is our culture today. But what if you're wrong? And that person that you um, maybe have in your family, you work with, you go to school with, or, or you, you, you hang out with, and they talk about these things. I say, you know, he was just a really good guy. What if they're wrong? I want to talk about that. What if you're wrong about Jesus? and all the thinking you do, and all the way we live life, and the people around us that we know how they live life, what if you're wrong about Jesus? Here's what I know. Eternity is too long to be wrong. Here's the one thing you need to get right. And make sure you're right, because eternity is too long to be wrong. Uh, The first thing I want to share with you is this. A sincere commitment to the wrong belief system will not end right. Somewhere in our culture, we seem to value the act and attitude of sincerity. If you're sincere enough, it's true. If you're sincere enough, it works out. You just need to be sincere in what you believe in. And as long as you believe in something, with sincerity, it surely should work for you. A sincere commitment to the wrong belief system doesn't end right. I mean, you realize how foolish that thinking is? If I sincerely believe that I can stand in front of a bus and it won't hurt me, sincerity is no longer the issue. Physics takes over. And I'm hit by a bus, and I promise you it hurts. And my sincerity believe that it won't doesn't change the fact that it is. We have this thing of, well, if I'm sincere, it works out according to my ability to be sincere. So here's what I know. There's a system that accepts Jesus as just a good guy, a great teacher, prophet, a historical reality, but rejects him as God in the flesh. And that's just not going to end well. In the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 1, there's a guy named Nicodemus who shows up at night. And here's what it says. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader. Now, Judaism was the, was the religion of, I mean, that was it. That was, the, that was the, the faith that honored the God of the Old Testament, the God of the prophets, uh, the great I Am. And, and they, it, they treasured the law. Plus, they added some. They wanted to make sure they got it right. So they made it harder. And so he said he was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Man, he was, the, he was one of the main guys. He was the guy that, that seemed to know all the answers and did everything right. He had Bible verses on his clothing. And he came, kind of, Look at the next verse. After dark one evening, he came after dark because he didn't want to be seen. Because Jesus, there was a lot of skepticism about Jesus and a lot of controversy about Jesus, and he came one evening, he came to speak with Jesus, saying, Rabbi, meaning teacher, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us, now, pay attention to what he's saying, listen very carefully, he said, hey, I know that you're a, gr- we've all agreed, you're a pretty good teacher, man, you're, you're different from the other guys we've been hearing, when you talk about scripture, it, it's powerful, you have, we know you're a teacher, good teacher, saying good stuff. And we know that God has sent you to teach us. And your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And God's definitely, he's on your life, man. We see there's something different about you. Nicodemus did not have a clue what was really different. He didn't have an understanding of that. He just said, hey, you're a good guy, great teacher. Third verse. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Oh, there's that word, truth. Unless you are born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, here, Jesus did something pretty miraculous. He read his mind. He knew where the next question was. He knew what Nicodemus was trying to get to. And he just cut him off and said, look, I know what you're thinking. You want to know. Am I going to see the kingdom of God? Am I going to go to heaven? And he said, let me tell you, unless you're born again, no, you're not. Isn't it amazing how simple Jesus was? Hey, in one sense, no, you're not. If you are not born again, Nicodemus was confused by that, saying, I'm an old man, I can't be born again. Well, you can be born of the Spirit, Nicodemus. One is there's a birth of flesh, the second birth is birth of spirit. So I I want you to understand you got to be born of the Spirit. Nicodemus left that day struggling with what he heard, still uncertain, believing he's a good teacher. I think he's a great teacher. But if that's all you believe about Jesus, you've missed the truth. See, in our culture today, we're, we, studies now say that over 22% of our population in America is atheistic, meaning they don't believe there's a God, not a God. A little over 22%. That means you're left with a little over 77% that believe something about God or gods, or a religious culture, if you will very religious, meaning eh, we're spiritual people. We believe there's some kind of uh, being out there, some kind of identity or some kind of deity. Some believe everything is God and God is everything. Some believe there's more than one God. Some believe we become gods. There's a lot of difference out there. But it's all under the umbrella of religion. Incidentally, 70%, 77% of our population is not Christian. If we were, it would be a different world. But we are religious. And there's all kind of thoughts about this person, Jesus. But what if you're wrong? And friends you know, or the people you know, the people in your family, what if they're wrong? As they say things about minimizing who he is. Religion is a performance-based mindset based on hoping to find favor with God by keeping rules and rituals, Minimizing or ignoring the cross and the deity of Christ. We can name them. They somehow push Christ to the side and prefer their own system of performance or behavior or ideology or philosophy. Legalism, mysticism, denominationalism. Oh, Islam, Judaism, uh, all the various flavors of religious beliefs. Some would say Jesus is an example of love and a great teacher, but what if he's more than that? What if you're wrong if that's all you believe? Does it matter what you believe about him? If you're sincere, Shouldn't it work? Let me ask you a question. What if everything the Bible says about Jesus is true? What do you have to lose if you're wrong? I talk to people all the time. And I hear them explain why they believe what they believe and, and why they somehow don't really agree with me about Jesus or the cross. And they have their reasons, and some are very sincere, and some are very committed to what they believe. But if you're wrong about Jesus, where does that leave you? What's left if you're wrong about him? Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 Says this, I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it, the earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. There's a, this is talking about the judge who sits on the throne; he's there to to uh, call for accountability, if you will, to settle the books. The person here described is none other than Jesus Christ, the one who sits in his proper place the exalted one, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, who's come to make everything right in his second coming, to establish a new kingdom and a new way of doing life. And he sits on his throne. And there's a great group of people in front of him, and they can't hide from him. Verse 12, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, the, 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 and the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Let me tell you about this group of people. It's all kinds of people. It's very bad people. It's very mean people. It's very good people. It's very nice people. It's all kind of people from all kind of religions and all kind of denominations there there. And what's the process? Well, this is an interesting judgment. It's reserved for those who didn't respond properly to Christ here in this life. So, including they they opened the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. Verse 13. The sea gave up its dead, and death, and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. You say, there you go, Pastor. I told you, I knew if we just do the right stuff, we're going to make it. He's going to judge us by our works. See, I, people think this. I think, if I work at doing more good things than bad things, I'm in. He's going to say, you were pretty good. I think you just did outstanding. Your sincerity paid off boy, your commitment was awesome because you managed to edge out the bad stuff. Congratulations. Is that what it says? Not yet. let's talk about it. He said he gave up, and he looked at their deeds. He looked at everything they did and how they performed in this life, the rules they kept, the regulations they kept, uh, the belief system they had. He looked at it. Verse 14. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This is... This lake of fire is the second death. It's an eternal torment. And it's the second death. If you're only born once, physical death, you're going to die twice, physical death and eternal death. Here's verse 15. And anyone, anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Wow, gosh, that's one of the saddest verses I've ever read. I I read it, even thinking about it, reading it last night again and again, It just my heart, this morning my heart was heavy. Because this is truth. This is truth. There's the book that has your deeds in it. You go, okay, good and bad, but that's not the book that matters. He's got another book. It's the book of life. And he opens that book to see if a name is there, your name. And you look and he goes, I don't, hey, there's a blank space where your name should be. You're not here. You're not here. But I thought you were a nice guy. I, I, I really thought you were a great example. Of I tried to follow your example, I, I tried to practice the golden rule, I, I, I tried to do things that were right. You know, your name's not here. But, but you understand, I, I was at church all the time. I was a wonderful Baptist, or Methodist, or Presbyterian, or Catholic, or Episcopalian, or pick anyone you want. I really worked at it. Your name's not there. Very sad. So when it's all said and done, if you're wrong about Jesus, it's not going to end well. Because the person whose name is written in the book of life is the one who's embraced Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross with a childlike faith and gave in to him and embraced him and realized he was more than a teacher and more than a nice guy and even more than a miracle worker. He was God in the flesh who came from heaven and earth to save us from our sin, to bridge the gap between sinful man and holy God and bring us together that we may have a relationship that changes us from the inside out the second thing a surrendered commitment to Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross is the right beginning to a perfect ending Sincerity can only take you so far, but again, get, can't, get you, can't get you past the book of accounting. And there we are. John three sixteen, the further part of the conversation with Nicodemus. For God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, not one of many sons, but one of a kind, only son, meaning God in the flesh. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Believes in what he did. He came and died on a cross. Rose from the grave. We believe that he is who he says he is. And his work accomplished what he said would accomplish. We don't believe he's a good teacher. That's not enough. He was a good teacher. He's a great teacher. Perfect teacher. A a great example, a perfect example of how we love one another. That's not enough. You have to go further. You embrace him for who he is. God in the flesh that died for us that we may live forever with him. Nicodemus didn't get it that day, but he finally got it. After the crucifixion, he understood what John 3:16 meant. He remembered that conversation. And he came forward and publicly said, I I I want the body. I want to be identified with this man. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. I want to go over this because the Apostle Paul is dealing with a culture that is being pulled away from the foundations of the faith, which is who Jesus Christ is and what he did. Pretty much like today, even in many of our churches. He says, guys, you're being torn away from truth. You're you're, you're beginning to be pulled away from the finished work of the cross. And you're beginning to add stuff to it. You're thinking differently about flesh and matter and evil and good. and That's a whole other sermon about Gnosticism. But he says, you're beginning to think so wrong. And you're diminishing the work of the cross. And you're beginning to dismiss the deity of Christ to where you're not moving in the right direction. And those that are listening, you're going in the wrong direction. You see, people are trying to find God. 77% of our population is trying to find God, and about 20% have found Jesus Christ. The rest are still searching. They're still trying to get there. They're trying to work at it. They're trying to earn it. They're trying to perform. They're trying to make it happen. They're running as hard as they can and as fast as they can. Very sincere. Yet, believing the wrong system of belief doesn't end well here's what he says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation meaning he was the firstborn man. he was the first he was not the first one created as some would say but he was of first importance of most importance because of who he was creation happened He created. He wasn't created. He created. He's always been because he is God. coequal, equal with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. They've always been. They didn't have a beginning point. They just are. They, they're, and, and so he said, this is who I am. I've come to show you the love of God, the power of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I, that's how you know about God. So he said, get this, man. I'm of I'm first importance. Without Jesus there'd be no creation. And look at look further as we look at this. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He is greater than anything created, because he is the creator. Part of the Godhead. The next verse. For through him means God created everything in the heavenly realms and on the earth. He made the things we can see, the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, an unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. If he was just an agent of creation, it wouldn't be for him. But because it's for him, he's more than an agent of creation. He is the source of authority to create, being God from everlasting to everlasting Verse 17, He existed before anything else, always been, and holds all creation together. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so He is first in everything. He's just more important than anything else. He's more than a good teacher, He's more than a great example. He he's more than a historical figure. He was God and he is God in every, every way, every way. He's God. He's the image of God, the fullness of God in the incarnation, the total sum of all divine power and attributes. And Jesus is the only one that can bring people to a relationship with God. Only Jesus can bridge the gap. Look at verse 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. The total sum of deity in every way was in Christ. Verse 20. Here's it. Look at this. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and earth. Watch this. By the means of Christ's blood on the cross. See, if you leave that out, you're just thinking wrong. Uh, you're just thinking wrong. Uh, people think, well, if I you know, work hard, go to church and do all the good stuff, I'm going to be okay. No, not without the cross. Not without the blood of Jesus you want. Uh, I, I don't care how sincere your belief may be or, or what uh, religious thought you may be connected with. Man, I, I, I appreciate your fact. You're trying to get there, trying to find it, trying to make it happen. But, but the thing is, Jesus is more than just a great teacher. So uh, I look at this. He said, hey, by the blood of Jesus on the cross, we've been made right with God. He bridges the gap. There's no substitute for the cross. Let me tell you why I'm preaching this today. I, uh, this past week, uh, I have had a lot of discussion with people. The artist Prince died. Sounds like a very tragic death. and um, Many of you probably had his music. And I've asked the question because the media talked about his life and his music and his ability. And he was a great artist, incidentally, uh, and, and did some incredible things. But he, uh, they talked about him being a spiritual man and that he was very committed to his faith and had a, had a belief system that he, that, he, that he was very committed to. And in that process, he did a lot of good things. He was very generous with his money and did things, and did it quietly. And uh, seemed to follow his belief system very, very well. So the question I was asked was, do you think Prince was a Christian? Do you think? I mean, he had a belief system. Did, was he a Christian, and did he go to heaven? And I said, guys, I, I don't know him. We, we traveled in different circles. Never talk to the guy. Just know what I've read. Now, I'm not placed to, I don't get to judge because I don't know him, but I, I can say this. You can't diminish Christ and who he is and go to heaven. There's no substitute for the cross. And I think sometimes people in their belief system do that, thinking it's right when it's really wrong. The song that you saw at the beginning by Nicole Nordman, a good song, basically talks about if you're right, but what happens if you're really wrong, if there's more to Jesus than just being a good teacher, historical figure, what if you're wrong? What if you miss out on really knowing him as Savior and Lord? That would be tragic. Prince really loved that song. So much so that he recorded it and sang it. I bet some of y'all didn't know that. He actually recorded some religious stuff, and, but this is one he just wanted to do. But here's what he did. There's, a, there's one word he changed in the song to justify his belief system. The words that say, and it says this, they say the truth will only make a fool of you. The truth. Now let me tell you the the original version by Nicole Nordman. They say the cross will only make a fool of you. To believe in the cross is a foolish thing from the world's viewpoint and from a religious viewpoint in his belief system he did not value the cross he substituted truth that made it work for him I'm saying to you there's a lot of people all around us that do the same thing every day and he turns too long to be wrong maybe you're one of them you valued your denomination or your work or your morality never really truly valuing the cross and never embracing what Jesus did for you never taking the leap of faith to fall in his arms of love never having that moment of surrender to who he is and wrapping yourself around him that died on the cross for you and submitting to him as Savior and Lord you've just been trying to get there through all the wrong ways hoping it's right Don't do that.